Okay, ladies and gentlemen, I am pleased to be joined by the star of Followed, Matthew Solomon. How are you today, sir? I'm doing great. Thank you very much for having me today. Absolutely. So obviously, there's a lot I want to talk about. I've just you know, the listeners have already heard my review of the film. I have been uh, extremely high on your performance in this film. So the first Thank question you. I have is, tell me how you got involved in the project. You know, um, I didn't have an agent. I didn't have a manager. I had just graduated college. I saw a breakdown that I self-submitted for, and there was no script for the initial audition. I went in and I improvised my audition, and I booked the job. And it was really... For my first theatrical release to be a job that I self-submitted for is crazy and unusual um, and pretty cool. <laughs> what When you went to that audition, that self-submitted, what did they tell you? I mean, you said you improvised. So, so what were your guidelines? Uh, really, they just gave me sort of a one sheet on who the, who the character was, Mike, and he really hasn't changed much from that initial breakdown. And then they said, you're going to play out, I think it was two different scenarios. Um, and they were just like, this is what's happening. You'll have somebody else to improvise with you. And you just, you just go, just do what you want. And I did what I wanted. Um, I've always, always loved the mumblecore genre. So that's, that got me really, really excited for this audition. Cause I was like, I love just getting a scenario and just getting to play through it with no script. That is so much fun to me. And when, you know, on the movie itself, we ended up being able to improvise a lot within the script that Todd had written. Um, so yeah, I, it was an extremely unique audition and I am so grateful that I had the opportunity to see it all the way through to the end of the project. Sure. Sure. Now your character drop the mic is a vlogger. Now he's my interpretation of the character was he's not one of these vloggers that has the 10 million subscribers that can walk down the street and just instantly recognize he's really working towards, you know, gaining those subscribers, getting those numbers up, hitting 50,000 subscribers like in, in the movie. And I'm wondering, what was your sort of point of reference for vloggers prior to auditioning to this? I mean, were you, was this something you'd watch? Because I like to say I probably watch more YouTube than is probably healthy for me. So I've got my <laughs> eye on on, on who, are the, who the top vloggers are. And, and you nailed the performance. So I'm just wondering, what was your point of reference for vloggers? I mean, the first name that comes to mind for me is Logan Paul. Yeah. He was definitely, you know, he was sort of at the forefront of the video blogging uh, community at that time or the influencer community. And, and, you know, I had watched plenty of random stuff on YouTube. I had never really properly followed anybody. I was never like a subscriber or anything like that. But yeah, uh, he was probably my main reference. This sort of irreverent is the main word we use to describe Mike. Um, and he definitely fits that uh, to an even greater extreme sometimes. So I, I didn't have to do that much research. I knew who the guy was. I also, you know, uh, know a lot of people who wanted to do that work as they were getting older. So I saw the kind of personalities that they took on when they were on camera, and then who they really were when they were not on camera. Um, so that was really where the inspiration for Mike's behavior came from those kinds of video bloggers. So when you found out you got the part, I mean, you just talked about you didn't have to do too much research, but I imagine you probably started watching a lot more vlogging influencers, if you will, when you realized you got the part. Yes, for sure. I definitely was like, first thing I should do is I should go online. I should pay attention to things like catchphrasing. I should pay attention to how they address their camera. I mean, Mike is definitely an unusual video blogger in that he has a, he has a team. You know, he's not just there with the camera and a nice light 
in like a set sound stage or a set living room or whatever which is again a little bit more like the logan paul sort of and a lot of like of those old vine stars definitely had people working their camera working their audio so that's really what i was looking at um i also you know one of my favorite bits uh in television is when you've got a news anchor and he's changing from camera to camera um and so getting to have multiple cameras on set and getting to play with that and the direct address was super fun um, so I paid a lot of attention to that as well. Now, this is a found footage film, but it's a really unique found footage film. And, and in talking with the director, you know, he, he told me that he, he kind of cheated a little bit when he was doing this in the sense that, you know, he was able because because Mike had a team, he was able to set up a lot of camera angles. And the fact that vloggers were uh, for lack of a better, they're professional in what they do. They professional edits, they professional productions. I mean, this film does not look like your typical found footage. It's like I said, I told him it was a very slick and I meant that as a compliment. It looked fantastic. What, if any, experience did you have working on found footage films prior to this? Absolutely none at all. <laughs> I had zero experience, zero background. I had done a lot of really sort of down and dirty guerrilla style uh, short films where there was no budget and we had to figure things out on the fly. Um, but again, like Antoine said, we kind of cheated. We got, we had in the plot a reason to have really good camera work and really good sound quality. Um, which is part of the reason that I think the movie is so good. Uh, and I, you know, I remember telling friends I'm going to be in a found footage movie and some of them were like, Oh, I don't want to see it. I've seen found footage movies before. They make me nauseous. Yeah. They, I get, I get, um, dizzy from watching them it was like well you, well you won't with this movie because also you know again we had a drone on set we had multiple stationary cameras that mike's character and um danny in the film had planted around the hotel so that we could switch from handheld to stationary so that people could feel grounded i think that um blair witch project is like probably the most famous found footage movie and it's brilliant the way that it's shot and it works so well but you can't keep seeing movies like that all the time because it can get really disorienting um so yeah i think that uh uh to me after having worked on so many sort of low budget student projects the quality of footage that we were getting was was very unique to me um and then you know as my career developed i went on to like work on larger sets with really really huge budgets and see what that was like Frankly, the way that we did found footage, I, I kind of prefer. It's yeah. way more fun. And you get to be really flexible. You get, you know, Nelson Pun was our um, director of photography, and he's following you with a camera the entire time. So he's basically a character. He's basically an actor is what he is because he's responding to you just as presently as another actor is. So I could really do whatever I wanted. I didn't have to hit that many marks. He just followed me and he made it happen. And he, I mean, if with a worse DP, it would have been a much less fun shoot for me. <laughs> yeah. Before we, before we get into the actual shoot shooting days, you know, Anton was telling me that this is loosely based on some actual events that happened at a hotel. And I'm wondering how familiar you were with those events leading up to this production. Oh, I knew every detail of the story. I was absolutely fascinated because I, I went to university of Southern California for school. And while I was in school, the um, incident with Elisa lamb at the hotel Cecil happened. So I was experiencing it in real time. I remember the article coming out about this girl who was found in a water tank after the hotel's water turned black. I saw the video of her in her hotel. There was also this other weird coincidence where on Skid Row, not very far from the hotel, some there was an outbreak of some illness 
And the only, um, it was either the vaccination for it or, or what, or the antibiotic for it, but it was extremely similar to the name Elisa Lamb. It was, it was a very, very bizarre coincidence. And I think everybody should go Google the story because it's so strange and, and watch the video of her in the elevator. So when I saw that it was based on this story, I was like, oh, absolutely. And then I found out that I would be playing the elevator game for the movie. And I said, absolutely not. <laughs> so uh, it really, you know, the improvisation factor and that story was like, oh, this project is awesome. How could I not want to be a part of it? I like to say I was um, when, when the movie was over, I, uh, I called my girlfriend and I just said, listen, I just saw this film. It's, it's phenomenal. It's one of the best found footage films I've ever seen. And she said, well, what was it about it? And I said, well, I said, I'm 42 years old. You know, I've been watching movies my entire my entire life. I watched this movie in my living room, in the dark, surround sound, lights off. And that whole scene with the elevator game, I couldn't even look at the screen. I was that <laughs> I was that freaked out. And I'm just and there was parts of me where I'm literally saying to myself, this isn't real. This isn't real. But it, it was so effectively shot. It just seemed so, so visceral. And so, like, there was just such the sense of reality in that particular scene. I'm, I'm so glad you feel that way because shooting it in the moment did not feel that way. <laughs> because let me tell you, shooting in a live elevator is complicated. Um, and we were dealing with a lot of just, you know, the elevator was packed. We had me, we had uh, three people for equipment. Uh, Antoine was not in the elevator with us. We had another actor in the elevator. It it was complicated. It was crowded. It took so many different takes. And I, fortunately, I didn't actually have to play the Korean elevator game because of this. I never hit the actual sequence. Thank God, I'm a super I'm a superstitious guy. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it, it, in the moment, I was like, I don't even know where we are in the story. This is this is a bit chaotic. And then I got to see it all come together. And man, the magic of editing, I was, it's the, it's the scariest part for me too. I don't like looking, um, at that part. It was, it was, uh, it was one of those things where it was a perfect storm and I'm really glad it came together the way it did. Yeah. It was, it was super, super effective. Anton said the shoot was about 14 days. Can you take me through what a typical day was like for you on set? Let me tell you, there was no typical day for me on set. I was doing something different every single day, but, um, Based on the loose structure of what I had, you know, you get to set at about 7, 8 a.m., depending on the day, sometimes 6. Um, I would go through, say hi to everybody on the crew, uh, go to wardrobe and makeup. And then, you know, we shot over 120 pages. I was in 110 of those pages. So for me, it was, okay, here's the script. Really figure out what you're doing today and then just go nonstop. Get a lunch break. Get a dinner break keep going. We went into overtime pretty much every single set day. It was so fun. <laughs> I had so much fun working on that set. The actors were so wonderful to work with. We were really like, it was a really small crew. So we were super tight. Everybody was nice. Everybody was just glad to be there, which is based on my experience, a little rare. There's, you know, always a few jaded figures, but Everybody was having fun. I've said before that it's kind of like summer camp. And any time that the actors and I all get together for whatever reason, whether it's this release or just to have a drink, we talk about how glad we are to see each other again because it really does feel like reuniting with your friends from summer camp. I was exhausted at the end of every day. I've never slept better in my life. <laughs> if I could do it 20 times over, I absolutely would. 
Awesome. So you made you made lifelong friends from this from this production. Oh yeah, uh, Sam Valentine and I, the the actress who plays Danny, uh, we got very very close, and we talk constantly. Um, Tim moved up to Washington, but I'm sure he'll be back here eventually, and we keep in touch. Caitlin's still around. Uh, Kelsey Griswold, who played my uh, fiance Jess in the movie, I mean, we are slightly obsessed with each other. We <laughs> we just like God. They didn't get it on camera, but we did a whole bit about. Um, giving a house tour in just the most absurd accents ever. And I, and I, and I turned to Nelson and I said, please turn the camera on for this. I just want to have a hard copy of this insanity that we were allowed to get away with. And unfortunately they never got it on tape, but it was just, it was just antics most of the time. And then they called action. And of course we were right in it, but uh, God, yeah, we had such a good time together. It was so nice. What I really appreciated about this film was how much you cared about the characters and the chemistry that you had with your your co-stars. It was real. It was palpable. You could sense it. And so it's awesome to hear that you guys have kept that relationship going. Thank you. Yeah, I will say like, I, you know, I, I'll just say that when you're on set with new people, it can feel unsafe and not in like a physical way. I just mean like as an actor, you want an environment where you feel relaxed. You want to be able to have fun. So to have that support from your co-stars is awesome um, and not something that we, I think any of us really took for granted. And it absolutely reads on camera. Yeah. And, and especially with something that's so heavily improvised, if we didn't have those relationships, you know, I think I said to, to a friend earlier that um, the improv in the movie, it's basically banter between friends. And it's like real banter between friends because that's what we were. Uh, still are. <laughs> none, none of us have died. <laughs> um, I can't say that's necessarily true in the movie, though, but you'll have to watch to find yeah. out. Uh, um, but yeah, so that kind of chemistry doesn't come along very often. So yeah, I will. It's, it's always going to be like a, a fond memory. And I can only hope that there's a sequel and I can only hope that we all get to be in that sequel. Yeah. That's all I, I got to say. Uh, absolutely. And I mean, I mean, we're not going to spoil anything here because we definitely want people to, to be watching this film, but it's definitely left open for a sequel in, in a big way. I would say that there is definitely room for part two for sure. Absolutely. What was it like sitting next to John Savage working with him? First of all, nicest guy ever. Um, so sweet. And, you know, for a project of the size, for, for, for an indie movie like ours, you don't expect somebody to come in as excited as he was when they have that resume. His resume is amazing. Um, so it was really nice to see that he was just happy to be there and happy to participate. And, you know, I got to talk to him about some of his past experience and what it was like um, working on Deer Hunter and all those other amazing projects he's been a part of. Uh, yeah, he's a, he's he's a brilliant guy and he was really lovely to talk to and for uh, a, a green actor like myself to get to talk to an experienced actor like that was well, always invaluable. Now that's awesome. So I don't want to get into, again, we're staying away from spoilers here, but I have to talk about the other part that I had a really hard time watching, which was the, the, the finale of the film, The Basement. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just the just basement. keeping it spoiler free, take me through your experiences shooting those scenes or, or excuse me, that one long continuous scene. My experience shooting in The Basement is so much like watching The Basement scene. It was fucking scary. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't believe that they found this you know they barely touched that space they didn't decorate it everything that was in there was already in there they came in and they did a few lighting effects they they um added a few things here or there but 
Oh, it gave it. It scared me shitless. I was running around, and you know, it went from me being scared to me having so much fun with it because it was like an actor's playground. I was like, oh, this is. This is all just a bunch of nonsense that I get to just run through and scream and 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 act with. Man, honestly, if anybody, like it, it's worth watching the whole movie just to see that scene because yeah. it's so cool and such an interesting way that it develops at the end. There, that was also. Now that I think about it, the basement was the very last thing that we shot. It was, and we were pressed for time, so we were crunching through on the last hour of the last day just getting as much as we could and um (laughs) i remember we finished shooting it i had just truly been screaming until i couldn't scream anymore they they call cut they say that's a wrap and i'm just sort of standing there as everybody just starts putting all the equipment away and i was like oh we're we're done (laughs) oh that's that's it that's all that's all okay uh cool all right well it was nice meeting you all and then then of course we went and celebrated big time but in the moment, it was just so abrupt because we had to really cram it in. Uh, the urgency of that definitely reads on camera in the best way possible. One of the things uh, I like I like to say about that film, about getting getting to the basement scene, is so much. There's so much tension building up to that basement scene, where by the time the security guard slides the uh, the envelope underneath the uh, the door. And it's the mm-hmm. key to the basement. My genuine re- reaction was, oh, shit. Oh, my God. I forgot we have to do the basement. I forgot. Because all, like, <laughs> the film had been so tense up until that point that I was just like, I can't I can't do this. I can't sit through this. It's too much. But that's, again, a testament to how effective the film is. You know, my reaction to that envelope getting slid under the door was, don't do that. No, don't. <laughs> no. <and> stop. <laughs> I'm, that, I'm that guy in the audience. I'm yeah. that guy who says, do everybody literally everybody says don't go in the basement and what does mike do you'll have to watch the movie to see (laughs) but that's that's another thing that i really like about the film is there's there's depth to the characters there's 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 a true motivation behind mike that you understand Mm -hmm. why he's doing this Uh, and you know where where everyone else is like it's time to go we have to go and they're leaving i mean people are done we're done we've had enough of this but he's you understand his motivation and and there's there's so much substance to this story and and that's typically not something you find in in most found footage films and again i don't even know if we should classify this as a found footage film it really it's it's above that it really is it's elevated above that i agree i would say that um when found footage is done well it's rarely called found footage honestly uh i'm thinking of is it called cloverfield yeah cloverfield is one of those movies that people it is found footage but people don't really classify it as such and i think that's what's going to end up happening with followed followed is is not just a horror movie it's a psychological thriller and i mean rosemary's baby when i was a teenager was one of my favorite movies that's the that is the quintessential that is the iconic psychological thriller and so when i saw that these characters were given real arcs not not again not to disparage uh, found footage movies but when i saw that the characters in the script were given proper arcs and so much backstory and just full lives. I was like, oh, this is going to be really fun to do and really fun to watch. What everybody goes through, I mean, one of the best lessons you can learn from this movie, you know, every movie has a moral, 
And for me, the biggest moral of this movie is like, listen to the people you care about and listen to what they actually have to say. Um, there are so many points where the people that Mike loves are telling him to stop and he just doesn't listen and he just keeps going forward. It's 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 heartbreaking at a certain point, which for me was a blast to do. Sure. Uh, and for people watching, it's, gonna, it's definitely going to pull at their heartstrings. This film is released. It was released just this past weekend. It's actually playing at the local drive-in theater here in my town. Which I was yeah. so excited. And I'm telling, I'm telling all my friends, like, we're going this Friday night. Like, I've seen this. <laughs> trust me. I, 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 you guys are not going to be disappointed. I, but you actually filmed this uh, a few years back. So yes. Yes. I've got two questions. One, take me through your first actual screening of the film and your reaction. And then give me sort of talk a little bit about, you know, your feelings now that the film has been released. I have to remember when I first saw it, because at this point, I've probably seen it 10 times. Sure. <laughs> I think our first screening of the movie was at Antoine's parents house in the valley. And it was a cast and crew screening. And you have to understand, I was coming from the perspective of somebody who had been a part of a lot of little indie shorts that had never really gone anywhere. So those cast and crew screenings were as far as a lot of the projects that I ever did went. So I was sitting there thinking, oh, this is it, I guess. This is just how it's ending. Because um, making an indie film is, is a huge risk. Um, there's no guarantee for success. And I remember watching the movie and being like, oh, I want people to see this so badly. I really want to see this go further than, than just this living room. And back then, I was really, really proud of the performance I've given, I, I gave. I've, I've grown up a lot since then. I've had a lot more experience as an actor. So, of course, any person, any artist is going to look back at their work from a few years ago and say, no, I would do things differently. So there are choices that I would make that are different for sure. But I'm just, you know, uh, selfishly, I'm just happy that there are going to be people who are watching a movie that I am the lead of uh, and that it's in theaters. That's an exciting thing for me. Um and my parents are so excited about it. I got a phone call from family that I have in Ohio after they saw it at the drive-in. And they had like 10 friends with them. And they were all saying congratulations. It's very strange, very overwhelming. It's a very good feeling. I also don't know when the last time a really great found footage movie came out in the last few years. So I'm really hoping that this kind of reinvigorates the genre. I hope that this gets people excited about the possibility. Unfriended is a great example of a movie that's the same type. Uh, and the sort of internet culture opens up this huge door for found footage. There are so many ways to shoot things now. Everybody has a phone. Everybody has a laptop uh, camera. Everybody has their own DSLR that they keep at home. There's so much opportunity to make films. There was also that other movie um, about the three kids who, who discovered that they had superpowers and they used telekinesis to manipulate the cameras. What was that called? Chronicle. Chronicle, Chronicle. There we go. Yep. So there's there's so much to be done, and I'm really hoping that this movie inspires people to keep doing that because I think it's really interesting, and it's so. Um, I would love to see an entire TV show like that personally. Yeah. I think that it's definitely possible. It works better, of course, when you have a story like Followed, where the person has a camera team. That works just a little bit better, makes things a little bit more simple. But yeah, I th I think that uh, I hope that what people walk away is that they they want more of this stuff. Yeah. Um, more of this type of film. No, that's perfect. That's perfectly said. Before we wrap things up, let me ask you this. What's, what's next for you? What's, what's not now? Now I'm going to preface that by saying I completely understand 
we are all going through this crazy situation. I should I should ask you first, how are things for you right now as far as your, your, your current situation? What part of your are you in Los Angeles? Yeah, I'm still in Los Angeles. Quarantine um, hit at a very for the entire world inconvenient time. I was in the middle of a really productive pilot season. I was getting closer to booking TV roles than I pretty much ever had. And then everything kind of came to a screeching halt. I also had actually just moved into my own apartment three or four weeks before quarantine started. So what was great about that is that it gave me an opportunity to properly decorate my place. <laughs> <laughs> I have art on the walls, so uh, which I probably would have waited over a year to finally get around to doing. So I've had a lot of time to work on myself as everybody else has, and it's been pretty good for me. Um, at times it gets a little existential. In terms of what's next for me as an actor, it's of course hard to say with COVID you know, some film projects are starting to open back up, but I have a feeling that they're only going to be open for a little bit. Um, so right now I'm really just riding the wave of this movie and doing a lot of interviews that are like this, that are so fun. I'm so happy that after all this time, I finally get to talk about sure. this project. What I would like to see happen next is I would love, I mean, I would love to be in another horror movie for sure. I love horror movies. They're so fun to shoot or, you know, uh, continuing to do that sort of indie grind. I love those small projects. They're really intimate. Uh, romantic comedy would be cool. Period pieces are great. I love anything from the 50s, 60s, 70s. Um, and in the meantime, just trucking along and living my uh, fancy Los Angeles life. <laughs> <laughs> I actually went out to Los Angeles for the very first time ever in February, right before quarantine hit. It was my very first time there. I uh, I had the best time ever. And then... Oh, really? yeah, you yeah. liked it? Oh, I did. I did. I mean, it was, you know, for someone like myself, you know, lifelong, you know, passionate movie lover to go out to oh. Los Angeles. It was just, it was, I was there the for four days. Yeah. Party. Yeah, it was, it was, it was, were you like visiting locations where your favorite movie shot and that kind of stuff? I, I tried to, I tried to get as much in as I could. Uh, I was, I was really going for, I was trying to get the swingers tour going. I love swingers. It's one of my all time favorite films. I was trying to find a lot of those destinations in there. I, <laughs> nice. it, I loved it. Uh, of course, you know, a week after I get back, everything goes into quarantine, Shut everything shuts down. So I'm, I'm, I'm considering myself lucky. I got an opportunity to go out there when I did. And I can't wait to go back. I think we're all fantasizing about the next vacation that we're going to go on yeah <laughs> we're all sick of our houses and we're like where do i get to go next so matthew I, again i i just want to say your performance in the film was was outstanding uh it was believable that's the key like i like i said i watch a lot of youtube and you, you nail the character but Thank the, you. Wow. And it had so much depth. There was so much depth to the character. And, and you understood, like I said, you understood the motivations and you believed it and you bought into it. And that's, that's all a testament to the performance that you gave. So bravo to you. I can't wait to see Thank what you've you got going next. Like it's, it's, it's exciting. I really appreciate it a lot. That means that means that means a lot. So thank you. Listen, I text I text my friend Chad, and you know, as soon as I saw the movie, I text him. And I just said, "Listen, I loved it. It was one of the best found footage of films I've ever seen." And that Matthew Solomon, I said, "That guy is going to be a star." And I just put big exclamation <laughs> points in it. I said, "Because he's got it. He's got the it factor." And you do. And and just thank you for everything you did in this film. And continue. Uh, just keep doing what you're doing. I can't wait to talk to you again. Thank you so much. Likewise, I look forward to the next one. I'm sure we'll have an opportunity. Awesome. All right. Thank you. 